Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, January 8th, 526 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets a little bit lower this morning. March corn futures down a quarter at 460 and a half. March soybeans down three and three quarters at 1252 and a half. March Chicago wheat down nine and a quarter at 606 and three quarters. March Kansas City wheat down five and a half at 622 and a half. March spring wheat down two and three quarters at 709 and a quarter. These uh, Brazilian crop production estimates continue to decline. Last week, USDA cut its projection for this season's Brazilian soybean crop to 158.5 million tons due to a lack of rainfall. The 22-23 crop estimate was increased by 3 million tons to 158 million tons. The agency increased its estimate for this season's soybean meal and oil production to meet increased domestic demand. It's anticipated that soybean oil and meal exports will face challenges this year as Argentina is expected to return to normal export levels. Also last week, Safras, or Safras reduced its estimate for this season's Brazilian soybean crop to 151.4 million tons, down from 158.2 million tons previously projected. We've got a big USDA report on Friday, and I think that for the moment, everybody's focus is on the South American production numbers. How far down will USDA come when it comes to um, the Brazilian soybean crop in particular? I think they're going to come down. I just don't think that that's going to be the market mover in the report. If I had to guess, I'd say USDA kind of slow plays the Brazil thing, and they come down like maybe somewhere uh, around where this uh, attache office was at 158.5. Maybe they're a little bit more aggressive than that. I'd be really shocked if they were as aggressive as the private groups. So if you're looking for a surprise on Friday, I know that all the, the uh, chatter seems to be about Brazil, but if there's going to be a surprise, like a real surprise that moves the market, I think it's going to be something on the U.S. side, some sort of adjustment to uh, last year's U.S. crops or in the grain stocks numbers, that sort of thing. Uh, Brazilian rainfall was decent over the weekend, uh, not anything super substantial, but uh, it's starting to add up an inch here, two inches there, that sort of thing. There is some rain on the radar again this morning over Mato Grosso, places further east. The forecast looks wet, and, and this is a super, like, wet looking map you know two to three inches across the entire country the the uh, fact of the matter is this is still a little bit below normal in terms of rainfall what's expected over the next 10 days but it should be enough at, at least in the eyes of the trade the way the market's acting soybean futures fell to some fresh multi-month lows on friday um the way the market's acting that the perception right now is that this is enough to support crop development and probably avoid any further losses. So I, I think the Brazilian weather thing is the big driver behind the uh, soybean collapse. Large money managers increased their net short position in the corn market last week. During the week ending January 2nd, the funds were net sellers of 29,000 contracts of corn, 20,000 contracts of soybeans, and 3,000 contracts of SRW wheat on the week. Mackenzie, speculators are evil and they drive down prices. That's yep. what they do. Um, so there's no love for the grain markets here across the board. As a matter of fact, there was probably some additional fund selling in the soybean market late last week. Private groups indicating that real time here, funds are short, maybe like 20,000 contracts of beans. So across the board in the grain complex, with the exception of soybean meal, you've got uh, a net short position and large net shorts in some of these markets. The funds have been short 200,000 contracts of corn in the past. We haven't seen this really up until the last few weeks uh, since like 2020, like um, around the COVID panic. And then China came in and started buying. The funds didn't go short for 
like two years. But in that time frame from, say, 2015 through 2019, you'd see the funds short 200000 here and there, uh, not on an annual basis, but an almost annual basis. And then you'd see net longs get up to 200000 even in those bear market environments. So we hope that we see that at some point uh, here during the calendar year. So if you guys have not already checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about some of the videos you put together last week? I thought we had some excellent stuff last week. Brian was on on Wednesday, and uh, Brian's been tracking this analog, 2023 versus 2013, and a lot of it really played out um, as he thought that it might uh, as it relates to the two years. And, and it kind of continues here into the early part of 2024. We talked about that analog, some of the things that could happen in January, February. If that analog continues, uh, I'm actually going to have a follow-up video on this today. On Thursday last week, uh, U.S. ambassador or for, uh, former U.S. ambassador to the UN, uh, Kip Tom was on, and he talked about this absolutely terrifying European climate agenda that they're trying to push uh, on agriculture here in the United States. This thing has advanced farther than you think it has, and it's absolutely terrifying. So if you're farming, you're looking to navigate the future, I think this is must-watch stuff. Uh, Jim Uriel was on Friday. We did Macro Friday. We talked about the national debt. We talked about the election. Uh, we talked about interest rates, a whole bunch of stuff there. Uh, people seem to really like these videos with Jim. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, there's a new video every single business day. Our morning email goes out at 5 a.m. Central Time. You want to get on this email list, uh, see all the stuff that we send out. Remember, this is the best way to support what we're doing here, guys. We have no sponsors. Um, this is all self-sponsored, essentially. The, the premium subs uh, allow us to do this every morning. Uh, 50 bucks per month, cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Check that deal out this morning, guys. U.S. corn export sales declined significantly last week. Net corn sales of 14 million bushels, a marketing year low, were down 70% from the previous week and from the prior four-week average. Mexico was the largest corn buyer for the week. Net soybean sales also set a marketing year low at 7 million bushels. The print was down a whopping 80% from the previous week and 85% from the prior four-week average. Spain was the largest soybean buyer. And finally, net wheat sales of 5 million bushels fell below pre-report estimates and were down 52% from the previous week and 79% from the prior four-week average. China was the largest wheat buyer for the week. I would venture to say that the holiday week had something to do with these absolutely awful numbers, but they were still way below what anybody had expected. U.S. corn's competitive on the export market, and uh, we're just not seeing the uptake in demand that we'd like to see. We'd love to see China come in and buy some corn, and we just haven't seen it. There was some chatter about Chinese wheat purchases last week that have not come to fruition, at least yet. I suppose you could see something reported uh, later this morning, but uh, not a good-looking report at all. The December jobs report released on released on Friday showed that non-farm payrolls increased by 216,000. Economists were projecting an increase of 175,000. The unemployment rate remained unchanged at 3.7%. Economists were expecting unemployment to tick up to 3.8%. Throughout 2023, the U.S. economy added 2.7 million jobs, a large de decrease compared to 4.8 million jobs created back in 2022. Um, the numbers are fake, right? All the job numbers are fake. These are manipulated. Mackenzie, who is the president of the United States? Right now? Uh, yeah. Uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> okay, so which which party is, is behind him? The Democrats. Okay, so here's uh, something that I saw over the weekend. It was like a video clip. So right now, if you turn on uh, MSNBC, which is is the, the, the mouthpiece of the Democratic Party, right? You turn on MSNBC, 
They're going to say that Biden is creating all of these jobs and he's doing this absolutely fantastic job. You turn on Fox News and they're going to say all oh, these job numbers are fake. This is being manipulated. The economy has so many problems. Mm-hmm. Backtrack to like, uh, say, 2017, 2018, when Trump was in office and Trump is what? Republican. Yeah, right? he's a Republican. Yeah. OK, so it was the it was exactly the opposite. So right. when Trump was in office, Fox News is like, oh, this is the, the best economy we've ever seen. And Trump is the best president we've ever seen. He's creating all these jobs. And then MSNBC was was the opposite. It was oh, yeah. these numbers aren't real. And and the Trump just economy sucked. is just not a good economy. So, guys, don't read too much into this. The number is what it is. Three point seven percent is like bottom of the barrel unemployment. The job market's super good. There's nobody out there who wants a job. They can't find one. And it's hard to have a recession and be a, a doomer when um, unemployment sub 4%. It's just hard to do. So you got to you got to put this in the context sometimes and be careful what you're uh, listening to. The SEC is closer to approving spot Bitcoin exchange traded funds. Last week, the Securities and Exchange Commission announced that exchanges and issuers seeking to list Bitcoin ETFs need to submit final paperwork by Friday. The documents will allow ETFs to be traded. The SEC commissioners are anticipated to vote on the exchange rule filings this week. If the approvals are obtained, the ETFs could start trading as soon as the next business day. We mentioned this like once a month because honestly, this is it's probably the most interesting financial story of my lifetime. This thing comes out of thin air and now it's worth like almost a trillion dollars and people still don't know who came up with it or um, a lot of people don't understand the use case if there is a use case, but it's acted phenomenally well. Uh, What's going to happen if this ETF is approved is that uh, whoever is uh, allowed to uh, have the ETF trade, they're going to have to buy actual Bitcoin to back their position. And ultimately, what what some people believe will happen is that everybody in their retirement account is going to have some sort of allocation to Bitcoin. And my thought would be that it doesn't end well for those people. Like uh, if this thing's approved, are they really going to let every single person in the country buy Bitcoin uh, in in some sort of small amount as an allocation? And then everybody's going to make money on it and everyone's going to be happy. Like, I just, I don't know that it's going to work out that way. I feel like everybody's going to get screwed somehow. I just, uh, I don't know exactly why. And I like Bitcoin. I'm, I'm, I have for years, but I just, uh, I don't feel like this is going to end badly for somebody somehow. That's anytime, like one of these big businesses or corporations get involved. We don't know, like FTX was a failure. A lot of the exchanges have failed. I feel like this ETF thing. I just, I personally don't have a good feeling about it, but whatever. Uh, what did Cal do last week? Uh, cattle futures softened a bit on Friday. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of a buck twenty-six lower on Friday, but week over week they were an average of eighty-eight cents higher. Live cattle futures closed an average of seventy-three cents lower as of the close on Friday. They were an average of seventy-seven cents higher on the week. Cash cattle trade uh, was higher last week in the north. Cattle traded at one seventy-three to one seventy-five, which was steady to three dollars higher. We didn't have any cash cattle trades reported down in the south. Box beef dropped substantially last week. Choice box beef closed Friday at 277.16. That was down $14.12 week over week. Select box beef closed Friday at 259.53. That was down 29 cents on the week. Outside markets, a little bit of movement this morning. U.S. dollars about flat. Stocks off just a little bit. Uh, gold's down 23 bucks. Crude oil is down uh, more than $2. 71.74 last trade in the February WTI. Have a great week, guys. I uh, will talk to you on Tuesday.